Power Service, where service is their specialty. Proud sponsor of This Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. animals. Um, maybe you have uh, farm animals, maybe you have uh, uh, pets, and uh, they've fallen ill or you need to go in for their regular treatment updates, checks, that sort of thing. You might have found recently, especially for the past couple of years, that getting in to see a vet or even finding a vet is a lot more difficult. And then continuing on to that, getting into emergency care mm-hmm. it can be very difficult uh, to achieve. Why is there such a shortage? Why is there such a crisis within veterinary medicine? This is something we've talked about for quite a while now, so trying to figure out what's being done in order to fix it. A little help on that. Uh, the University of Calgary's uh, Dean and the Faculty of Veterinary Medicine, Renata Weller, is joining us this morning to shine some light on what's going on. Renata, thanks so much for your time this morning. Good to talk to you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And hey, Bo, thanks for the opportunity to talk about uh, this challenge we are facing. Much appreciated. Well, let's start with it, Renata. What What is going on? Is it um, a, a lack of seats, a lack of spots in veterinary school? Like, wh- Where does this all start? Well, it's it's been going on, well, we, we've seen it coming, right? So, so it's what I would call a leaky bucket phenomenon, where we have a true expansion of the market. Uh, the veterinary profession or the veterinary market is uh, was on a growth uh, trajectory before COVID. Mm. And in, during COVID, everyone uh, and, and their, their auntie bought a dog as well, <laughs> or a horse even, or a cat. So, so that accelerated that growth a bit. Uh, so there is the expansion of the market. And at the same time, we are losing people due to retirement, but also due to early um, leaving the profession. So premature um, people that leave their uh, profession prematurely. And why would they be leaving prematurely? Is there a burnout level? We we hear that so often in 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 people's medical care. We're hearing the frontline workers are burning out and leaving. Is it the same in in veterinary medicine? Yeah, sadly, uh, we are like our human uh, colleagues. We we are a um, high stress profession. It's very fulfilling uh, on the other on the other end as well. However. It's physically demanding, um, it's emotionally draining, and uh, if you are on the road as well, so if, if you are working in rural areas, you spend a lot of time driving, so you are on your own. So all these factors, it's obviously a multifactorial problem, but all those factors play into this and people, yeah, burning out and uh, leaving the profession. So, Renata, we know that um, there's only, what, one uh, veterinary medicine program in Alberta, that's at the UFC, and last year received some some money from the province to um, add about 100 students by 2025. But it takes time, doesn't it, to to get that degree, to get all trained up, to, to, you know, to get them ready to get into that workforce. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so it's a four-year training course. Uh, after we received the excellent news that uh, we would get the funding uh, from Alberta to double our student seats, we started working on that straight away. Uh, you, you need time to 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 
prepare for this. And then, so it's two years, so we are opening our doors to double our numbers in September 2025. Mm. And then it's four years till these people will hit the market. Wow. So you're looking at 2029. That's a long ways off. So what do we do in the meantime? If if you just grin and bear it, hope for the best? Well, I think I think we can do better than that. So uh, UCVM has worked uh, very closely with the ABMA, so our professional body. Uh, we are looking at uh, recruiting and onboarding international graduates. Now, this is not as easy as it sounds because actually there is a global shortage of, of veterinary professionals. Uh, we do think Alberta is very attractive, right? I made my way over here from Europe, so I think it's marvelous to live here. So we are hopeful that we can recruit international vets and we need to onboard them. So this is where we want to work together or we are working together both organizations. Uh, can you help to, to help us understand the emergency care for, for uh, vets? And I'm talking specifically on pets, I would think, in this case, although we can move into livestock in a second. But uh, there are emergency 24-hour hospitals uh, for animals. Where does the staffing come from for those? Why is it difficult to get staffing? I would think the hours would maybe be part of it. Yeah, so, I mean, we are looking at the shortage across the board, right? Uh, so it, it's one bucket. You can't just fill parts of the bucket and, and not the other and so on. So, yes, we are looking at uh, uh, shortage everywhere. I guess it becomes really acute and it comes to the forefront for emergency care. Uh, so, it, it, you, you know, whether you're uh, for, for routine procedures, for vaccinations, for spay and neuter, you have a little bit of a time window, so it doesn't really matter whether it's on a Monday or a week later. Uh, but that's obviously not the case in, in the emergency situation where, like in humans, you, you know, these animals are in acute distress, they have life-threatening problems, and they need to be seen there and then. So that's where the real, real pinch points come, come to the forefront. In, in rural medicine, is, are you losing a lot of, of livestock veterinarians? That can be a really rough way to make a living, difficult way to make a living, a lot of travel, a lot of hard, heavy work, sometimes potentially dangerous because they're much larger animals. Is that also a, a problem that's being addressed right now? Yeah, so UCVM, so my faculty, has always had an emphasis on rural. Uh, so we, we, we have probably the highest percentage of uh, students coming from rural backgrounds. Uh, and, and obviously the, the, the likelihood that they go back there is higher. Uh, and it's, it's a little bit difficult because the situation uh, we, we are looking at economically uh, and this is the feedback I'm getting from our partner practices in rural areas. Uh, you need it all. You need to be the true James Harriet, if you m might have watched these series or read those books, because in those rural practices, you, you need to be able to do anything. <laughs> so you need to be able to look after livestock as well as uh, as uh, small animals, in literally w within you know the same day. Uh, so this makes it demanding, as I've already mentioned, being on the road makes it demanding. Uh, it's a physically demanding job as well on both sides, just to be, you know, very clear. Yes, it, it's, uh, 
it, it takes uh, some muscle to deal with, with livestock, but it also takes some muscle to get a, you know, 80-pound dog on a table. <laughs> Uh, well, well, Renata Weller joining us uh, this morning. want to thank you for making the time and, uh, and shedding some light on the situation that uh, we're facing here uh, in the province. Well, not just in the province, but right across the country. Sure appreciate you taking the time this morning. Thank you so much. Jalen, could I make one more plea? Can I just ask people to be nice to their vets? Because I can assure everyone out there listening, we do our best. So yeah, just just be nice to them. Oh, just so are are you seeing? Are you are our vets? You know, dealing with with abuse, harassment. You know, you know, clients not being nice to them. I, I guess you know, in any outward facing profession that happens, right? I mean, any any receptionist in whatever business can tell you that. Any yeah. any doctor can tell you that. Any nurse. So yeah, we we are seeing that and. Yeah, it's it's uh, we are at crisis point. So please, please just be nice to us. We we are running as fast as we can, and we are doing our best. Yeah, it's well, it's charged by emotion. Yeah, too, right. People yeah. have this yeah. extraordinary emotion with their pets. That's, Absolutely, uh, you understand where that comes from. But still, agreed. Renata Weller, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Bye bye. Let's just be kind to everybody. Well, yeah, ideally, <laughs> but you, you know, you know the panic when you want to. Mm. I'm, you know, I'm sure for anything, Absolutely. any kind of medical care, you worry, and yet the emotion kicks into gear. But it's a, it's a tough way to make a living sometimes. Sometimes it can be a little expensive for people who are trying to to pay for it, and it can be it can be a tough job to to do it. Uh. My uh, my one vet out in, in Short Park, when we, I had the vet out there, when I had Teddy the Ding Dong Dog, uh, he was always getting into trouble. Mm. And I would literally just call, and they'd be like, oh, hi, Jalen, what did Teddy do now? <laughs> yeah, it was just like, put me on the payment plan. Just, yeah. <laughs> here we go. And it's Teddy go. again. Uh, just past 616. Let's take a quick break and come back here in a moment. This morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. Supported by Abe's Door Service. With 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. You start, you know, thinking about vets and some of the stuff that they see. And, you know, you take a look and you think about your, your dogs, your cats, whatever, and the stuff that they get into, right? They, they, they find ways. <laughs> they always find ways. Uh, porcupines or entire boxes of fudge or boxes of brownies. <laughs> got to gotta pack those away, put them behind a locked door. Cause, uh, That's some, what we thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, apparently picks, uh, they can pick a lock. Yeah. We had a dogs. dog once that learned how to open the fridge. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. Uh, we ended up having a, a a whiteboard. We had to slide a whiteboard out and in front of the fridge so she couldn't no, get her nose really? in it anymore to, uh, to open it up. Yeah. She ate a, a package of raw pork chops once. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, she got uh, a Christmas log. Uh, you know those cakes yeah. and cookies with the whipped cream? Yeah. She got that one year. Um, yeah. How about a brick of butter? That was a good one. That was a little messy. How about an entire package of bacon? So we'd gone <laughs> shopping. We got we bought two packages of bacon. Uh, we don't want to go in the freezer. Stuff on the counter. 
got pulled away, whatever, yeah. left the room for a bit, came back, put, put the stuff away, and went, I thought we bought two bags. Well, I guess <laughs> uh, we didn't. It was weeks later. So this was in a, our house was a four-level split, so we had a crawl space yes. in the, you know, the very bottom basement with a concrete floor. And it was quite a, like, it had to have been a month later. And we go, what is that smell down here? <laughs> our cat, which whose name was Bad Cat, by the way, had scarfed this package of bacon, dragged it all the way down the stairs into the crawl space, and had been munching on it, but couldn't get through it all, apparently, and so half a package of rotting bacon, uh. all because of Bad Cat. So bad cat. Bad he cat. bacon more than anything else, right? Well, yeah, what a waste. What broke your heart more, the fact that your cat ate your bacon or the fact that you didn't eat your bacon? <laughs> well, and the cat was heard to say, that was not a waste. Oh, <laughs> man, oh, man. That same cat actually pulled a small roast out of the sink, too, and dragged it across oh. a beige carpet. How big was this cat? He, he was... He, he, he was he was determined. He was about an 18, 19-pound cat. Yeah. But his mm. bad cat was... Bad cat. Determined. We foster the dog. She she would get up the counter and get anything, right? We always had to push stuff to the back yeah, of the yeah. counter constantly. And there's that sound. You'd be sitting in the other room uh, watching TV, <laughs> and then you'd hear her front feet hit the floor. Yeah. And go, what do you have? Because you knew she was up on the counter. It's like, what do you have? We'd all jump up. And what do you have? Yeah, she ate a lot. She got a lot of bread packages and, yeah. and ate the bread from the so, inside. With the Great Danes, you'll never hear the front feet hit the back of the floor because they, they just to. reach across yeah. and just, just feel, you know. You hear their jowls hitting the hitting the, the countertop. I will say, and I know this is kind of gross, but yeah, they, they can they can drill a little bit. Yes. Like our dogs, we, we, we got a genetic lottery. We won that. They're not bad, but suddenly you'll go through and look at the counter and went, what? Oh, uh, Duke, you've been resting your head on the counter again. It's <laughs> been surfing. And it's just... It's, yeah. We have... I've um, had that on my desk a couple of times. You know, <laughs> that's from you falling asleep and drooling out the side. Have you ever had um, like a mouth guard or retainers or anything like that and had Still. to deal with dogs with mouth guards and stuff? What? No. What do you mean dogs with mouth guards? Well, like no, stealing them? Stealing them and oh, eating okay. them and destroying them. No. Oh, yeah. Well, really? and again, it's our fault because, you know, you don't put it in yeah, the, in the plastic away, thing yeah. proper. You just think, oh, it's fine, fine, fine. Oh, my gosh. The dogs we've gone through, like my, my mouth guard, I have to get a new one. Jim's mouth guard, he needs to get a new one. The kids, when they were living at home, chase his football mouth guards, his actual chew guard. It was like hundreds of dollars later. Heard a story just this week about a dog that ate a guy's hearing aids. So. Oh, Ooh, my goodness. That's a, that's an expensive meal right there. It is. Why? What's the attraction, puppy? Because it smells. It smells like you. and Dogs are weird. Animals are weird. Let's be real. <laughs> well, they're just not picky about what they, they eat. They like to roll and stink. <laughs> Yeah. Think about it. Well, you know, the worst I've ever seen was uh, at the end of a salmon spawn. Oh. And then there's a, dogs love to just dig right into oh. that. It's just, and it's gruesome. I'd rather they get sprayed by a skunk to Anything tell you the truth. Anything than Please. that. Oh, my goodness. It's oh, well.